0: To the 18th episode of the Nerddom and Other Nonsense podcast, your home for all things nerddom, gaming, tech, and entertainment. Besides here on YouTube, you can also find us on iTunes and Google Play Music. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter for the latest updates and info. At Nerddom and Other. And today we'll be talking about the games we've played this week and some current news, but the main topic of our discussion is going to be on how video game cheat codes have all but disappeared from games and some of our favorites from the past. I'm Savage, and with me today I have... Becom And Leo. So, how are you guys doing? Uh, not
1: so great. So, <laughs> as some sports fans might know, uh, the NBA... Uh, the National Basketball Association, for those of you who are really not sports fans, uh, held the draft lottery last night. And what the draft lottery is, is where the teams who played bad enough last year or made trades with other teams who played really badly get to find out where they pick in the draft that comes up in a month or two. And I'm a New York Knicks fan, And at the end of last season, they decided to just win some pointless games because I have no idea why. I kind of blame management, too, because they just didn't sit our starters. Uh, And management should know better than that. Like, there's no point to winning games at the end of the season. We were already way out of the playoffs. There's just no point. Uh, And the way the NBA works is, like, the NBA is so focused on star players that you have to do everything you can, can possibly do to get star players on your team, because you're never going to beat a team with like LeBron James or Steph Curry without a star player. But instead, the Knicks decided to be stupid and win pointless games, so they were projected to get the seventh pick when they, at one point, would have been getting the fourth pick. And then in the lottery last night, they didn't even get the seventh pick. They got the eighth pick. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is I hate the Knicks, and I hate basketball, and I hate my life.
2: How are you doing, <laughs> Leo? Wow. Uh, well, my, my week's been better. Uh, I've been watching the Alien Trilogy in anticipation of seeing Alien Covenant this week. It's one of my uh all-time favorite series, really.
1: That's so awesome, because like I told you just before the podcast, I actually watched Aliens, the second Alien movie in the trilogy, for the first time this week, and it was so good. I, I kind of feel stupid for waiting so so long to watch it. I watched Alien like a million years ago, but never mm-hmm. watched Aliens. Uh, I think somebody a long time ago told me like, oh, it's like an action movie, and I, I think... I think maybe somebody like told me about Alien Three or Alien Resurrection, and I thought that Aliens Two was also bad. Sorry, just Aliens, not Aliens Two. Um, so I, that's why it took me so long to watch it. But man, I it's, loved it so much. It's not bad. It's also, so good.
2: Yeah, what did you think about the how the aliens CGI aliens looked in the new trailers compared to how the old puppets slash animatronics slash all the goopy goo effects and stuff compared. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, yeah. So, like, James Cameron did that old Aliens movie, and like, paid so much attention to like the models and like the makeup and everything. Uh, that like, when I was watching a commercial of Alien Covenant yesterday, like after I had watched Aliens, mm-hmm. I was just like, man, it just doesn't feel right. Like the face huggers and the alien like jumping at you. Like, it looks good enough for like the CGI age, but there is something like. Visceral about those old like puppets and like costumes that people walked around in.
2: Oh, yeah, man, they would it was look so good. They it aged so well. I still think it looks better than the CGI, but it's just just had to bring that up. But oh, the,
1: the last thing about Aliens I want to say is that Halo ripped off so many things straight <laughs> from Aliens, like the uh, the assault rifles that they use. Sergeant Johnson is literally a character in Aliens. Like, he's got, like, the cigar and everything. He talks like Sergeant Johnson. He's like, hey, Marines, we gotta go! You know, it's the exact same character. Uh, they, the headcams, the headcams that they wear when the, in Halo when they meet the Flood and how they're watching the headcams through, like, a screen and, like, Chief is seeing what happened to them. Also, the Flood are basically based on the aliens. Like, the little ones are, like, the facehuggers. The big ones are, like, the uh, xenomorphs. It's, like, exactly the same thing. Uh, there's like, like you, I could go on and on, like everything about aliens was just straight ripped off by Halo, Halo <laughs> Combat Evolved. <completely. laughs>
2: wow.
1: But yeah, so that alien- was fun to see. Yeah. <laughs>
2: our listeners have not seen the, I usually just call it the alien trilogy cause the first three ones are the better ones. Mm-hmm. But if you have people have not seen it, please go watch it. It is so good. But I also seen it.
1: you should It's so good.
2: Savage. Go see it. But anyway, Weaver is amazing. Yeah. I also heard that you had a, the most boring week out of either of us, meaning B-Com and I. How would that go?
0: Uh, you know, just your friendly neighborhood battery. Um <laughs> Yeah, so you mean Did your battery. wife beat
2: you again? Savage. Stand up, man.
0: <laughs> no, it w- it wasn't my wife this time. Um No. <laughs> <laughs> No, all kidding aside, so I was driving home from an interview on Monday, so what, two days ago, and accidentally like cut somebody off. I didn't see him, cut him off while passing the semi. He honked his horn, flipped me off, you know, typical stuff, no big deal. Apparently it was a lot bigger deal to that guy, because he followed me like all the way to my house. And then once I realized he had followed me to my house, I tried to close my garage door while I was like parked inside my garage. He then kicked the garage door back up like the sensor on the bottom so it doesn't crush somebody, kicked it back up, and then like attacked me in my own garage. Tried to choke me, and then we wrestled. Little fisticuffs? Well, I didn't throw a punch. I just wrestled him because he was an older guy. So I like wrestled him down to the ground outside of my garage and then just like held him there and... And the cops eventually showed up, and yeah. So basically, wait, an old
2: man attacked you?
0: <laughs> I, he wasn't old, old, but like in his fifties, I think. So yeah. Okay.
1: Man, you're huh. super lucky he didn't have a gun. Yeah, that's that's my reaction. Because <laughs> like road road rage, people are just they lose their freaking minds. They just lose completely lose their minds sometimes. Yeah, that you situation could have happen. been
2: so much more serious. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, yeah like, you you have.
1: I'm. Uh, yeah, you really have to be aware
0: sometimes of if people are like tailing you, like yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I I live in essentially what I I friendly will joke is a retirement community because all my neighbors are like retired, and my wife and I are clearly the youngest people in our neighborhood.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, same for me on my street. I got two old ladies that live on each side of me. <laughs> oh, dude, I got old people living on every like in every
0: house in my neighborhood. I think I think the closest people age-wise to my wife and I are, like, 20 years older than us. So, I mean, it's it's significant. But, like, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's I mean, right behind I, me. I, I, I can joke about it now because I'm fine and everything. But, like, yeah, it definitely could have been a lot worse. And, like, if, I mean, if it terrifying. had been my wife instead of me, like, oh. So, yeah, yeah uh, a little fun week. So, yeah, not to mention he knows okay. where you live now. I, I will say, though, it has benefited me, um, not not on like a personal level, but on a specific gaming level, because my awareness has been heightened so much because of it. <laughs> I th- The last four games of League of Legends I've played, I've gotten an S-rank <laughs> on every character because I just have like this heightened sense of awareness of everything <laughs> going on. You'll never get ganked again. Oh, <laughs> it's, not it's, once. <laughs> Slightly beneficial.
2: <laughs> uh, so, uh, what have you guys been playing this week? Um, uh, I've been playing the uh, Forza Horizon Three DLC Hot Wheels. That is just hella fun. How is that? It's really fun. Uh, just a quick tip: when you do play it, you immediately put. There's a specific new tire that comes out, and it's the Hot Wheels tire. Put it on. It's, like, the only tire that can grip those tracks. Otherwise, it's, like, driving on ice.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So
2: that's what you have to do. The, it, yeah, like, all the loops are really fun. It does, like, the crisscross stuff. It's, there's, there's, they'll do, like, big old turns where, like, there's the railing on on one side, and you're trying to shove people off. It's really cool. I'm having a blast playing so it. So is
0: it, is it similar to, like, the old Hot Wheels Turbo Racing game that was on, like, I, PS1?
2: I don't know. I can not tell you. Oh, my God.
0: I'll have to record some, like, video of it and just send it to you and be like, is it like this?
2: Yeah, dude, I'll tell you <laughs> if it is or not. But uh, I've also, I kind of stopped playing Fire Emblem Heroes for a while because Thank I God. was just I was just way too OP. But now they've changed a couple things. I've been playing again, and I got some new characters. I want to get up to level uh, 40. And I've also, I was just doing some research on the characters and going through, like, multiple... uh you know people make their own tier sets and whatnot or they collect data into it and i actually can build an entire team of like s plus pluses if i wanted to which is the highest ranking <laughs> that's awesome scary. i still don't have a takumi though i want a takumi and i want a linda because linda's a glass cannon and they're always fun and takumi's just still his counter attack's just insane cool but that's it what about you become
1: I played my own racing game which was uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for Nintendo Switch uh, which uh, is you know, it's Mario Kart (laughs) but it's also, it's really like amazing package because you know it all came out on Wii U and now there's even more on the Switch so but like you you load it up and there's like, I remember like Mario Kart 64, there were like what, like four cups like you went through this one has like freaking 10 cups at least or maybe 12 i I don't even remember so there's like just so many different tracks to like race and then the online has worked really well you can just easily jump into online little like matches or tournaments uh i haven't played much of the battle mode but from what i have it's like it's pretty fun
2: so you're saying the switch online is actually decent
1: for mario kart at least yeah i mean Hmm. i remember even with like wii mario kart the online was like decent enough Uh, So Mario Kart seems to be a thing that they usually get right, but uh, it is Mario Kart, so man, it's just, like, it's annoying when you get hit by a shell, and then get hit by another blue shell, and then somebody bumps you, and then you go from first place to, like, ninth place with, like, three seconds left. Like, that's the Mario Kart experience. It's just like, oh, Yeah,
2: I played the crap out of it on Super Nintendo, and also, really, Mario Kart's meant, I feel like, it's meant to play with a bunch of buddies, and that's the way... Uh, Forza Horizon's been, if we get online and there's like five of us, dude we have so much freaking fun (laughs) it's almost a whole new game at that point
1: yeah, it is, it definitely is, I like racing games with friends and I think we're going to talk a little bit about one of those in the news but uh, yeah, so besides Mario Kart, I've also started playing Prey, which is the newest game from Bethesda, but I'm not too far into it uh, because of some technical difficulties on my end but uh, it's interesting. I like the the start of that game a lot. It starts off kind of calm, but unsettling. It also has some great music from Mick Gordon, who also did the music for Doom. Uh, so I played part and,
2: of the demo. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, yeah, I have to get further into that game, because a lot of people have been comparing it a little bit to... Uh, like Zelda, in that it like the physics wise, because you can do so many weird things with the physics in that game, uh, and with some of the weapons that you get. Um, but I haven't gotten to that part yet. I haven't gotten to like where it really opens up yet because I'm still very early. Uh, another game I played this week that uh, got recommended on a bunch of podcasts I listened to is a mobile clicker game called Space Plan, which is a very minimalist game. Uh, basically, you are like a little tiny pixel sized spaceship that is orbiting around like Earth, except everyone is dead. And you basically, it's a clicker game, so you're just constantly clicking on like this one box on the screen. Uh, and what it does is like it builds up like power for your ship, and you can spend that power on different things. Like, some of them like will. Help you create power faster, and like some of them will like research the planet and trying to find out what happened to the human race. So, anyway, like the way that it stands out from other clickers a little bit is it has like an actual narrative to it, and it's a kind of like quirky one where you do find out more about like what happens and where you are and like what time period it is and all this stuff. Uh, I th- I think it was talked up a little too much on some of the podcasts I listened to. Like, I uh, it's basically like a five or six hour game depending on how fast you can get through the clicking sections and stuff. But uh, is it
2: not that difficult? No,
1: because you just the uh, you just click like that's the only difficulty, and then like you decide like what to buy at different times. So like you'll get there eventually. You just have to keep clicking. Uh, and then you'll eventually win. Also, one of my problems with this game is that the box that you have to click is insanely small, and you can't move it anywhere. Like, there's a lot of clicker games that have, like, bigger buttons that you can click, or, like, you can reposition the button at least, so it's, like, more comfortable ergonomically for you. I think that's kind of important, and this one is, like, really stupidly placed, in my opinion, but... I don't know. It was fun for, like, the little story it had, and the ending was, like, kind of trippy, so... I guess that was sort of worth like the $2 I paid for it or whatever it was. Uh, besides that, I've been playing some Borderlands uh, co op with uh, one of Savage's uh, bros. And that's been kind of fun because I never finished Borderlands and never even knew you could play Borderlands 1 in co op.
2: I've always heard of Borderlands
1: 2. Yeah, I just didn't know. Like I I played it single player back when I got it. Oh,
2: I played a ton of it with uh, our buddy Dragon. Oh yeah. Borderlands 1 and 2, just a ridiculous amount. Of course we glitched the crap out of the game, but <laughs> that was that's what that was really what made it really fun too.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's just like a constant like loot like thing. It's a little bit like Destiny except like even faster paced. Cause you're just constantly like finishing missions, getting new weapons, like moving on. It's it's fun, uh, and you know the characters are quirky and weird. But uh, pretty still pretty early on in that, I got like four hours into that or something, and then Portal Two co-op, uh, we played a little bit of as well. Specifically, like the community test chambers where people have uploaded their own maps, which I never played before, and some of the community uploaded maps are just fantastic. Like there's just like a whole community of people making like genius maps out there, and they were really fun. So that's me for this week.
0: Anything you played Savage besides uh, League? Uh, nope. I just, didn't didn't have time really for very much. This just past Mike. Week. Python, I was Mike Tyson's punch out in your garage.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, it was uh,
0: Mahatma Gandhi's simulator. Um, <laughs> But all right, no, um, I mean, we, I was I was in Milwaukee for four days, so oh yeah, I, that's right. That's why we didn't record a podcast last week. Cool. because well, well, we didn't record last Wednesday. I'll throw BCom in front of, and then Leo, you can drive the bus over him.
2: I can drive the bus this time. Yay!
0: Um, we had
1: scheduling conflicts. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> Leo, why don't you lead us off with
1: the news? <laughs> <laughs> all right,
2: so. In this extremely crazy case of just showing how dedicated and fun the Destiny community is, uh, Destiny Raiders killed all bosses without using guns or dying. Just, Just any game in general, that should sound insane. And believe me, it was. Basically, they just did a really good job. I watched some of the video. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. It's like 50 minutes, but it took them like 60 hours to actually record all of it because they would get so close and then they would accidentally wipe.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. So they would have to, you know, restart back over. They weren't that like they said, they just killed the bosses. So they got to the final bosses and then like if they knew they were going to wipe, they would just trade off a uh, team leader real quick. So that they always still had the same spot or doing whatever they had to. But basically what they did, is use used their really good job of chaining their supers. And I think that it looks like they were definitely running with max discipline. So they had grenades on the fly just all the time. But did you get to watch any of it, b uh, No, but I, re- so I I
1: didn't realize that they were playing like all of the raids all the way through in a row to do this. That's pretty nuts.
2: Uh, what I saw from the video, they were just, they just had the saves at the bosses.
1: Oh, okay. No, uh, uh, you were saying it was taking like 60 hours though. No,
2: yeah, but it took them 60 hours to get it. Yeah. I mean, even just doing the boss fights, can you imagine attempting that without a gun?
1: No, that would be rough.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like, and the, the point of view I was watching, they have other point of views. He was using, uh, Hunter and the golden gun. And, like, they were in, like, Vault of Glass, and I saw him, like, hit the uh, boss guy, like, four times before it was over because everybody was just chaining super so rapidly in that little area. It was it was cool and intense, but I'm just saying that's just, that's the Destiny community for you. They're a bunch of crazy people. It's always actually been a really nice community, but yeah. moving on. I agree. Uh, moving on, we have major
1: news this week. The Wall Street Journal. Reports that Nintendo is developing a new Legend of Zelda game for smartphones.:
2: I might have to pick this up. <laughs> if it's as I mean, I like Zelda, don't get me wrong, but I still can't buy a yeah, we don't know anything get. more about <laughs> it,
1: but uh yeah, it makes sense that they would make something Zelda for smartphones. What this ends up being, I, I really have no idea though. Well, like, I It think, could be anything, I guess.
0: I think at this point it comes down to the fact that Nintendo's kind of realized that as phones get more and more technologically advanced, uh, the need for like a 3DS or something like that is kind of disappearing. So they have their console in the Switch, which is also similar to a 3DS. But then smartphones themselves, there's no need to make a Zelda game for a 3DS. You either make it for smartphones or the Switch.
2: Well, I'm going
1: to jump ahead to a new, another piece of news, because Nintendo also announced a new 2DS XL. Wow!
2: <laughs> oh, I wanted to bring up a, uh, uh, something out of that last article. Um, oh, so what's up? They, they feel like it's going to be a free-to-play game, since uh, the Fire Emblem Heroes brought in more profit than Super Mario Run, despite yeah. a much smaller number of downloads. I think that's kind of important.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, but Fire
2: Emblem Heroes is like microtransaction hell if you get stuck in it.
1: Yeah, I think they learned a lot from that Mario game and like the the, you know, the pushback against charging what they did for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, but yeah, th- it's funny that you've said that Savage because like since Nintendo is putting out like a new 2DS XL which so it's actually kind of I think it's a great idea because it's removing all of the 3D hardware that's in the 3DS, which cuts down on the weight of the console and also the price by 50 bucks. So the 2DS is now 149. And it also has like the new thumbstick that the new 3DS has. It's basically a it's basically a 3DS, except without that 3D hardware that nobody really used anyway, or needed, or wanted. So. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Does, so Nintendo's still making those handheld games. So.
2: Does it come built in with a fidget spinner?
1: So <laughs> God, what is what started this fidget sp- spinner like explosion?
2: I I'm not sure, but there I do know that there is actual science backing it. Uh, and they that, work. Yeah, up, I've I've
0: used one this past weekend. They work. Oh really? Oh yeah, <laughs> they are freaking amazing. I love them.
2: I I saw my first one. I was at the gas station. I was just getting like a Gatorade or something real quick, and the cashier guy was sitting there just like spinning it like crazy on his fingers, and he like set it down, let it keep spinning, and like I my initial reaction is like, you guys are stupid idiots, but there's actual science backing it, so I'm totally behind it. Like when people like fidgety you know, or whatever, which is perfectly why it's named that. They haven't have a quick outlet, but I I'm afraid it's going to be a fad, and then it'll die out. And then the people who actually need it will just be like outcasted as like, you know, <laughs> that that's what I'm afraid is going to happen. And I believe uh, uh, Cram from the Popcorn Poops podcast also tweeted the same stuff. So,
0: <laughs> well, see, I I have used the fidget spinner and I it's okay. To get by like temporarily, because being all ADD like I am sometimes, it's hard to stay focused. So, as long as I like have something in my hands just to fidget with, the spinner itself does a decent enough job, but like having something to fidget with and give my body something to do so I can have my mind focus on like what it needs to focus on. So, give me me. an example.
2: This is so impromptu. This came out of nowhere, but it's really perks my curiosity. Like, what in what situation were you that you found it working for you?
0: So, for one driving, like where you're just sitting there driving for a long period of time. And like, if you're, if you're ADD like me, if you're in the car for like four hours, just sitting there driving on a straight road, you can be distracted, which isn't something you want driving. So if you just have that like in your hand, it helps so much. Cause it's like, okay, my body's doing something and kind of like subconsciously focusing on that. And I was just alert the whole time driving. Didn't have a problem. Like, okay, just keep, like like it's hard to explain but like you just feel more aware and like not as drowned out and i didn't feel like i was just like looking all over and not in front of me on the road i kind
2: of get it or like sitting sitting
0: at my desk working on videos or like graphic design or something like that i'll i'll just sit there and like play with something usually usually i'll click a pen like yeah i was very
2: i was wondering what you would use that in your modern day workplace
0: yeah, uh, I would if, if I actually sat at a computer at work, like usually at work, I use both my hands for a lot of stuff. So I don't have mm-hmm. like free space, but now if I was sitting behind a computer like every day, definitely. But I don't like the fidget spinner as much as I want desperately like a fidget cube, which is something oh, yeah. similar. And that, yeah, that has, enough. it's not just spinning. It's literally like a bunch of different things, like a light switch and, a bunch of just, like, clicky oh, stuff yeah. as well. And those. that, for me, seems like it has a lot more staying power.
2: See, the whole thing makes sense to me because I always find myself stroking my beard intentional or not. So it's like <laughs> my own fidget outlet, I guess. So
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's so many people, especially like us, where we're, like, constantly consuming, you know, content or looking stuff up. And especially with gaming, like we're always doing multiple things at once anymore. So having something to just like take that, that fidget like thing. Cause if you're just sitting there, like what do you do when you're on, on your lunch or something, you have a conversation with somebody, but you're also on your phone at the same time.
2: Oh, I I just have a perfect example. I could use one. And that would be for some of the shows that comps make me watch for the anime podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It can be your fidget spinner squeezy. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
2: because if if Geo's in my lap, she gets a nice little kitty massage, but if she's not there, I'm sitting there looking around my room thinking about how I should rearrange it and then realize I should be watching the show instead. (laughs) Uh, We want to get back to news, guys?
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. So um, Ubisoft made a bunch of announcements this week leading into E3. Uh, It revealed that it is making The Crew 2. And Far Cry Five, as well as dating some of its other games like uh, South Park: The Fractured But Whole for October, and just a couple other announcements like that. But uh, I'm, gl- I'm a little bit surprised that they're making the Crew Two. This is the driving game I was talking about, where it's like all focused on like having a bunch of friends and like driving across like the United States. Um, and it didn't; it wasn't so successful at launch. I did hear that they made it a lot better through patches. But, uh, I liked the premise of that just because it reminded me of old games like cruising USA and stuff where like you would just you would drive across the country, right? Like it would show you moving across the map like in between levels. But this one was like like, okay, you actually drive across the country. It's not to scale, but you can drive from like New York to LA in like an hour or something. you know, it's kind of cool. Huh. Um, so. Yeah, but it, ne- it never really took off. So I'm, I'm interested that they're going to make a second one here and hopefully learn from some of the mistakes of the first one and make like a good decent uh rival to Forza Horizon possibly.
2: Hmm, maybe. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh and then yeah, the other big announcement was uh Far Cry 5. Which is basically just titled. It's it's a weird logo where it's like white with blue and red, so people are assuming that means that it's set in the United States. There's a lot of rumors that it's going to be set in Montana specifically, uh, but I don't know if those rumors are true or not. Montana, yeah, just Montana. I mean, it's, when, it's, when is the
2: last time you've even seen Montana in the news? I'm not sure Montana actually exists. <laughs>
1: I mean, I haven't been there, even though it's it.
2: freaking huge. <laughs> Wait, it's, yeah. is this our second biggest state
1: next to uh, alaska obviously no alaska and texas and then uh, after that though
2: I oh is know. it montana
1: i don't know no california and then i'm not sure montana lo- is c- very big though
2: yeah just look it on a map it's one of the are yeah it's probably we can easily say in the top five probably
1: yeah say. uh oh and then so okay i'll group this in the other big thing to come out of ubisoft uh we saw screenshots like last week or the week before now i can't remember assassin's creed origins leaked uh, and now has been confirmed by ubisoft in their like um, shareholders call or whatever uh to be coming out um and so it's heavily rumored to be set in ancient egypt Uh, There's a screenshot that leaked of the main protagonist, and he's, like, sailing a boat in what looks like the Nile River. Uh, And then there's some additional rumors saying that the game's scope might reach beyond Egypt. Uh, You might be able to sail around the entire Mediterranean to places like Greece. Uh, And also it's rumored that there's two protagonists, a man and a woman, kind of like Assassin's Creed Syndicate. And yeah, you can probably expect to see a lot more of that at E3 uh, in less than a month now. So that's exciting. You guys, Savage, you ready to play the new Assassin's Creed? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you I, love, I, the Creed. I, I love the old Assassin's Creed.
0: I love the old Assassin's Creeds, but I gave up after four. Like the franchise yeah. just became too redundant where it was like, okay, same crap every year. Like, oh, yeah. It was fine when it was every other year, and it was building on a story like the Ezio trilogy, and that was good. But then at after that, it kind of like 3, I was like, oh, three 3 was not good. 4 was not good. 5, I was like, it looks half decent, but it's not worth taking a risk on an Assassin's Creed game again. So I just, I quit the franchise, so... It's going to be interesting because
1: they did take a year off last year. So this will be their one that they've worked on for two years. But, I mean, what do you think, what would you want to make you come back to Assassin's Creed? Um, What could they do to get you back?
0: Well, at this point, I don't know the story. Like, the the running storyline of the people in present day. Oh, they dropped present day completely
1: at one point, I think, after four. They just stopped doing the present day stuff. Didn't uh, they I, make a movie? They did make a movie, but oh we gotta talk so about bad. that. It's so okay. bad.
2: I thought it'd come out, but I wasn't sure because I've heard nothing about it and that It was probably explains a why <laughs> train wreck. Yeah. Oh, it's um I, it's rumored that they're gonna bring back the present
1: day stuff in this new one though. I mean, uh, that was which which is is good because I liked that stuff.
0: Yeah, that there needed to be a storyline other than, oh, hey, you're an assassin with no purpose because nobody cares about why you're here. Just go kill a bunch of people. That felt so lazy to me. I agree. Yeah. And it, it's like, so bringing the present day stuff back where there's actually like a storyline, like an underlying storyline, like you see the storyline in the character in the historical time, but you also have the the storyline of the present day, whether it's just in cutscenes or like playable moments. So I don't know. I don't know if there's really anything Ubisoft can do at this point to get me back onto Assassin's Creed. I, I feel like the franchise itself is kinda tired. Just because there's been so many games. And it's kind of, I think, to the point with, like, Halo. How many Halos can you make before people are like, okay, it's just going to be slightly different?
2: The answer
0: Um, is four.
2: Yeah, I was going (laughs) to say, I think I started falling out about four. What's the latest one? Is that the fifth? Yeah, yeah, Halo 5 Guardians. And I tried playing it, and I did enjoy my little bit of time, but I always wanted to play something else, usually Destiny. But... (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean... I. I think we're to the point in gaming where companies aren't going to be able to just rely on old IPs anymore. So specifically this year, and this isn't a main topic and I'll try to keep it short, but like specifically this year, you see a lot of new IPs doing very well, breaking records because the new IPs are what people are looking for. It's Gamers now are older, and they don't want to play the same stuff they played 10 years ago. They want to have a new experience. You know, It's nice to connect with those old characters, but if you do it every two years and just put out the same thing, people don't want that anymore. Like Horizon Zero Dawn. Both of you love that game. There's nothing else like it.
1: Yeah, no, it's pretty More. amazing new IP. Yeah, that one. yeah,
2: I mean, you you could make comparisons, but it definitely has its own uniqueness to it. Well, and then so, Destiny.
0: Yeah. I mean, we we all just got hooked on Destiny. There was no game like Destiny at the time. Uh, yeah, it's
2: basically the first shooter, and they don't say it's an MMO, but it to me it's a shooter MMO, and I've never played one, and that's, that's pretty much what hooked me. And, of course, the loot table, you know. Always got to get the loot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just so many things that haven't been done in gaming before that now that they're being done, people are really latching on to them or in the case of horizon zero dawn with like a really compelling story people are latching onto that versus well we just want the newest and greatest like graphics on the same old multiplayer game that we've played for forever or
2: you could say destiny that had a pretty terrible story (laughs) yeah that's no story it was all about gameplay but the gameplay i felt like they nailed but oh
0: yeah I mean, eventually we'll get to the point where, as gamers, we'll be able to demand gameplay and story. And that will happen when Valve puts out another new IP. But I want
2: to say, I think I read an article where we're part of the problem of why we don't get very heavy story-driven stuff. It's like what we demand is almost never the story. We complain about it, but then that's the end of it.
1: Well, the thing is, uh, statistics show that like 90% of people only play like maybe like the first hour of a game. Like so like companies have good reason not to focus on like the last several hours of like their 20 hour game or even their 10 hour game (laughs) because people just don't finish games like because they never make it to the end. So why pay a
2: writer to write you something good?
1: Yeah, they're never going to see those final levels, like almost everyone who plays the game, so why even work What,
2: that 90%? Hard? Are
0: you serious? It's like, it's
1: really, I think it is like 90, yeah.
0: Which is weird, because when you think about it, you also have, like, you, you think about the franchises that people want to see sequels from. You want to see a Half-Life sequel, so you get Half-Life 2, Half-Life 3, well, not Half-Life 3, but... You get the sequels from stuff that had great, compelling stories in the first run. Halo exists because it had a great, compelling story. That's why it's still around. I mean, they're way past that now. But I'm, I'm trying to think of other examples. I mean, Assassin's Creed in the beginning, the first like three or four games had great stories. Those it's, it's the classic games like that that have those stories that you remember. You don't remember a game that just has good gameplay because you're going to see... A game with good gameplay every year. That's why nobody, nobody remembers the Call of Duty stories. You remember Call of Duty? Oh, it's a shooter. I can just go kill all my friends, and I have to buy a new one every year if I want to stay current. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the only
1: one I really remember much of is uh, Modern Warfare. I see, because it had some legendary missions in that game. But like, I still couldn't tell you exactly what happened in the story of that game.
0: I I couldn't name more than two characters in that game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What soap and soap
1: and I don't know. Yeah, there was like, a guy
2: named Soap.
1: Probably somebody named Mason. I don't know.
0: I don't
2: know. No, Mason was Soap. Ops. Oh, so you got Black Soap Ops. Bar, Mason Jar, Soap
0: McTavish.
2: <laughs> yeah, I,
0: but it's that type of thing. Like the games that have the stain power, like The Last of Us. There's The Last of Us too, because The Last of Us One had such a great story. Indeed. So. Man, I'm so glad there's The Last of Us 2. Sometimes I just lay awake
1: at night and think about The Last of Us 2 because it makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm so I can't wait for that game. But yeah, you make a great point that you know, yeah, stories are the things that keep us coming back to games. Though like for some games like Destiny like Leo was saying, the, the gameplay is what keeps me coming back. There there is a level of gameplay that is so good that'll keep you coming back. Like especially, uh, let's think about like with League of Legends. Also, like does the story of League of Legends keep you coming back? No, I don't think so. It's just the gameplay. It's the the repetitive gameplay that's so addicting and good. And then also, like, loot, I guess, and, like, skins and yeah, your, well, your and friends.
0: Well, to, to that point, I think it has to do also with the saturation of the market for that specific game. So, FPS is obviously, like, this huge genre of game. There's so many FPS games out there that only the only ones we remember are the ones with stories. The ones, the, these smaller markets where you have an MMO FPS, like Destiny, well, there's nothing else like it. So, it's obviously going to stand out. Versus... You have, or like League of Legends. There's only so many MOBAs for PC. There's what, Dota, League of Legends, Heroes of the Storm. Like those are the big MOBAs. Those are the popular ones. It's true, yeah. It's a smaller market, so you just pick the one that you like the gameplay of the best, and then you kind of deal with it, and it doesn't really matter what the story is. But if you're talking about FPSs and even like RPGs, RPGs are very heavily story-based. Like, would you play Persona 5 if it didn't have a good story? If it was just the gameplay? Probably not.
1: That's a hard question for me, only because, like, I I would probably play Persona 5 if it was a stripped-down version with just the gameplay, if it still had the entire soundtrack intact and those gorgeous character designs. I wouldn't enjoy it nearly as much. Like, it wouldn't be, like, a Game of the Year contender anymore. But uh, I, I I would still enjoy it, just because, like, so many other elements of that game are so good. But your point stands. Like, most RPGs, you play for the story. Like, yeah, that's I mean, why people are not enjoying Mass Effect Andromeda so much. Besides the technical limitations, the story just, people feel, is not up to par with the rest of the Mass Effect series. So Yeah,
0: or, like, Fallout 4. Fallout 4... Good game gameplay-wise, but the story kind of fell short, so the player pace has just dropped off. Like, oh, really? Yeah, there's, there's I, uh, nobody talking about Fallout 4 anymore, and everybody, I remember when it came out, was so hyped about it and like, oh, wow, this game's going to be around for a long time. It's not, huh.
2: though. I, I played, uh, Fallout 4 was my first Fallout game, and I really liked it. I thought the story was pretty good. And I really liked how, depending on what faction you chose, it literally affected the world yeah that's good I thought that was one of the cool things it did do yourself yeah, but I a guess favor I can't it and go play others. Fallout 3
0: Fallout 3 <laughs> has one of the best stories in an open world game or even just Fallout uh, New Vegas because that had a great story as well it had a great story but not good gameplay was my problem with Vegas
1: yeah I can see what you mean there yeah all right, let's move on from this conversation and co- tackle a little bit more news. Uh, quick note that Ace Combat 7 has been delayed into 2018, which is upsetting to me because I was really looking forward to this Ace Combat game. It looks freaking mm-hmm. dope. Uh, I just want to play it as soon as possible.
2: And I uh, see it might a- also be VR, which would yes. make me prompt me to possibly buy a uh, PlayStation VR. Well, yeah, all
0: they need really to cool. do is skin it with Star Wars and become would be a happy, happy man.
1: Again, this oh is all I want. I will keep demanding it until it just EA just makes the damn game some someday, <laughs> someday. Uh, so another uh, interesting piece of news: Risk of Rain Two has been announced. If you remember Risk of Rain, it was a little 2D platformer with a unique aesthetic that came out of several years ago, uh, where it was very zoomed out and like the character that you controlled was like a really tiny. Uh, And it was, you know, fighting against... It's a roguelike, and it was fighting against all these other, like, weird, like, creatures and things. Uh, It was very quirky. And so, but they announced that their new second game is going to be completely in 3D. So it's completely different look. Like, way more ambitious type of platformer. Uh, And so I'm kind of interested to see how this ends up and how the community that loved Risk of Rain accepts it or doesn't accept it because it's a very big change from the first game but i'm kind of encouraged to see like a developer like not resting on like their laurels and just like making the same thing again they're really trying to make something bigger and better uh and like probably you know become more accomplished as like a game developers basically and show what they're capable of it's pretty cool
0: so i i have to ask since i've never heard of this game if Is it carrying on the story from the first one or is there a story component of it or is it just like a completely new game that's in the same vein um, of the platforming style but in a 3D environment? That's a good question. I have,
1: I didn't see anything about whether or not it would be like a sequel like story-wise to the first one. Yeah, I also don't know how much actual story the first game really had. Well, because the thing like with that is if if
0: it. you don't want to alienate your uh fans then why call it risk of rain 2 unless it's carrying on from where the first one started if you're going to do a different style so i assume it's going to have
1: some of the same like creatures and other elements that risk of rain had but yeah that's a good point you do risk like losing a bunch of fans there it's true you risk raining on your fans parade it was a risky risk of rain move (laughs) Uh, Okay, another piece of news. I saw that a company called Lucid Sound uh, has announced a world-first Xbox headset, which is completely wireless. So it doesn't require any cords or a base station to connect to your Xbox One for audio or chat. No Mm. cords between your headset and the controller either. So just no cords at all. I'm surprised
2: Uh, it took this long.
1: Yeah, and I'm surprised that a company called Lucid Sound is the diff- like. Why doesn't like Astro headsets or Turtle Beach have this technology figured out?
0: So wait, is this saying
2: there's like nothing you plug into your controller?
0: Exactly, like nothing at all.
2: Huh? Like, it syncs up like a like a Bluetooth headphone would, basically. So that's what they're saying. Well,
0: yeah. if it's Bluetooth, then it's probably only compatible with the Xbox One S. I'm presuming.
2: Uh. I don't yeah, I'm know. I'm not it's, sure. I read the article, but I didn't see anything about that. It connects to-, to
1: the Xbox One, and it can work with Windows 10 with a Bluetooth dongle. And people are con- assuming that it will work with Project Scorpio as well. Hmm. Um,
0: Interesting. So, yeah.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I, I I just really like the idea of that. I hope that the whole like gaming headset space moves in this direction because wires are the enemy,
0: <laughs> and they're all over my living room. It's terrible. So, uh, let's yeah. see. Um I'm going to inject a little piece of news since I I didn't take the time to write it in here. Did either of you happen to see the Polygon article that came out yesterday? Which one? The one about Valve. Uh
1: yes, the one that was like Valve is not good for gamers, Valve yeah. is not your friend.
0: Valve is not your friend and Steam is not healthy for gaming.
1: Yeah, that one.
0: Where, where they basically rip Valve for being Valve. Where, like, <laughs> yeah. okay, if you install Half-Life 2, you have to install Steam because you have to have an internet check on your CD key. So, like, the things people didn't like with the Xbox is basically, like, when they an- announced the Xbox One, is basically, like, Valve's done that for forever and people hated it when Xbox did it, but it's okay if Valve does it. And it's like, yeah. Well, he, well, yeah, Valve did it and... It's okay with Valve because it's a first-party game. You know, like, I wouldn't have a problem if Microsoft did that with, like, Halo or any of their first-party, like, exclusive titles that are developed by Microsoft. Like, it's your console, your game. You can put whatever restrictions on it you want. If I have to pay an extra five bucks a month to play it online, you're more than welcome to. You might isolate your fan base, but you're more than welcome to. And then it's like, and then the article is ridiculous because obviously it's written by Polygon, but, uh, it basically goes on and like rips steam and valve because like the steam sales and everything where people will just hype up a game because a game is good. So a bunch of people buy it and then it automatically jumps to the front page, which then means valve gets more money because more people buy it. And it's like, well, Valve's getting free marketing off their consumer base. Well, yeah, yeah that's, that's, yeah, that's how marketing like has worked. <laughs> that's that's how marketing has worked since the dawn of time, literally. Eve ate the apple. Eve told Adam <laughs> the apple was good, so Adam ate it. He didn't go to Polygon and look for a goddamn review. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't
1: make. This article did feel a little bit weird to me. I typically uh, like Polygon as a website, but this was like an opinion article. Even it has a disclaimer at the beginning saying like these do not. Re- this does not represent the views of Polygon.com as like a website. And the, but like throughout this article, there's like weird like like insinuations that like he keeps saying like good guy Valve, like as in like this snarky refrain. Like people called Valve the good guy and they're really this evil corporation. It's just like, no, they offered a service that was better than anybody else, including Microsoft, who could have done something like this since they had a complete monopoly over the PC market. Uh, but they couldn't offer a service that worked well, and Steam stepped into that void and did, and yes, now everybody wants to buy their games from Steam because it is an extremely useful and convenient service. And above all, it's reliable. Yeah, and extremely reliable and, like, a huge community to, like, where everybody is and discusses everything, like, and, like, offers patches. And, I mean, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me, honestly. Like, I, I was, my friend recently got some games from the Humble Bundle sale and he's big on drm free games and they give you the option to just download the games drm free and he was like oh yeah i'm going to play these games and like his xbox controller wasn't working with those games because like and he, it works with all of his steam games he's gaming on a mac which is a little bit weird but <laughs> gaming on steam on the mac it, it made his xbox controller work no problems and gaming just you know through like the games exterior launcher on a Mac, he had to figure out some other workaround. So like yeah, there's so many benefits to just gaming with Steam. And it's just it just makes sense that it is the go-to place.
0: Yeah, I mean I I pretty much just don't trust Polygon in general. Like I I understand they're a reliable news source, but I (laughs) I just cannot tolerate Polygon because they're so opinionated on pretty much everything they do. And anytime they try to have an objective game review. It always seems like they bash a game. Because they aren't a skilled enough player to play the game. I've definitely seen a couple of
1: examples of that. Over the years in the past. That's that's definitely a thing that has happened. And
0: It's like if you're not good enough. You can't bash the game because you're not good enough. I mean you cannot like it. And that's fine. Like if something is too complex. Or
2: so on and so forth for you. That's fine. Do they do that with like the single player campaign or do they do that mostly with like multiplayer?
0: Usually single player campaigns where like, oh, I can't beat this game in like a reasonable amount of time and it's just the difficulty is too hard. So they'll like give it an eight out of 10 when everybody else is like nine and a half. And it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, not that game scores really mean anything to me because I always prefer to do my own review, but it's, it's the point like, I don't know. When it comes to taking other people's opinions on things, I don't take Polygons. <laughs> yeah, I typically just pay close enough
1: attention that I only focus on specific reviewers who I know, and I know their track record and what kinds of games they like and what kind of gamers they are. And I'll focus on them, like Arthur Gies, who's like one of the like main editors of Polygon. I trust him, basically, and I know exactly what he likes. And what he doesn't like in games, so I know when I'm reading one of his reviews, sort of what to expect, and like if he doesn't like something, if that's like important to me, or if it's not important to me. And I have like a whole list of reviewers like this, so like whenever I look at a new game, I go through the reviews written by those people and see what they think. And I think if you're if you've been looking at reviews long enough, you'll develop a sort of short list of people like that. Or even if it's, like, for you, like, with, the like, the Rooster Teeth guys, like, what they think, or, you know, the Easy Allies guys, or the kind of funny guys, or, you know, like, those people who maybe used to be game reviewers are now more, like, commentators and stuff. Just getting a sense of what they think as well.
0: Yeah, and I, I always think it's important to note when something is a paid review, or if somebody's mm. being given something, like, pre-release as, like hey, we want you to play this, and we want you to review it. You always have to take that with a grain of salt, too, so.
2: Definitely. Oh, yeah, of course.
1: All right, so a little bit more news. Uh, Darksiders 3 has been announced for release in 2018. Uh, The first two games were pretty fun, and the trailer for this one had some pretty badass stuff going on in it. Uh, it looks like a fun game. Had you guys ever played any of the uh, Darksiders
0: games before this?
2: Just the first one. You yeah, me play too. anything else.
0: That's all I've played. I I knew the second one had came out, but I never played it. Yeah, I, I, I've heard it's pretty good. I'm kind of excited for this. I might go back and finish
1: the second game before this one comes out. Uh, And, yeah, that trailer looked really cool. And speaking of awesome game trailers, I don't know if you guys saw
2: uh, (laughs) this. I uh, watched this, and I have to ask you, what did you just make me watch?
1: (laughs) So Pixel Titans is a studio releasing releasing a game called Strafe. And the the game is out now, I believe. Um, But they've had this weird, wacky, crazy marketing campaign where they've basically made over-the-top videos about their like a little fps game um that are like just soaked in
2: 80s and 90s bad commercial nostalgia oh so bad so bad it was it's been it was marinating in it dude <laughs> Hold it on, was, hold on it was, i'm watching this i, I love how over the top it is i see <laughs>
1: floppy disks
2: <laughs> oh yeah, there's
1: lots of floppy
0: disks,
2: and the main character's like so cool because he's awesome at video games, and his girlfriend. Um, <laughs> oh, it's so dumb, it's so dumb. But I love how it's th- it's very
1: self aware. It's very self aware. Like it's very much going for this like dumb like like this the old like magazine video uh, advertisements you would see where it's like. Are you cool enough to play Nintendo? You little pussy! Like, <laughs> oh my god! Like, like that. Obviously, that was never in a magazine, but like stuff like that, like close to that level. I do About, like, like that Surge. the gamer guy gets the
2: girl, even though he <laughs> kills the wrong one. But whatever.
0: Uh, yeah. Where did they find cans of Surge for this commercial?
2: So Surge made a comeback
0: like a couple years ago,
1: and you could like find it on Amazon now. Like they started remaking Surge. We have
2: Surge at work. Big be- uh, Savage.
1: <laughs>
0: huh?
2: Yeah, they yeah. they came back. Uh, I think uh, sometime last year, at least at work.
1: Yeah, I remember when that came back, and I was like,
2: "Why?" But also,
1: yes, because
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's what. So Pepsi has Mountain Dew, right? Yeah. Uh, is yeah. Surge Coke?
0: I don't know. Uh, I think it might be independent.
1: Surge might just be Surge. It might, maybe it is. Speaking yeah. of Surge, I'll just throw in a little piece of news. There's a new Dark Souls-like game that came game that just came out called Surge, and it's basically a sci-fi Dark Souls. Um, and I've seen some streams of it being played and I've, like read reviews, um, and I'm a little bit underwhelmed by it only because of like the weapon choices. Like all the weapons in that game are like these big heavy like metal like things that you break off of like the enemies that you fight which are robots and it's just like fighting robots is just like it doesn't feel like as visceral as like fighting like dark souls enemies like uh like monsters and like humans and stuff and just like from the boss fights that I've seen in Surge that I've watched didn't look like up to par with dark souls so i'm ex- i would be i would love to see a great sci-fi dark souls game at some point but this doesn't seem like it totally fits that bill so that's too unfortunate
0: oh, savage, okay, so. how you, savage how do you like that strafe trailer that is absolutely absurd and beautiful all at the same time
2: <laughs> oh i would like to say i did my quick search research and it was actually yes it was started by coca-cola in 1997 to <laughs> directly compete with pepsi's mountain dew during the 90s uh, but then it fell out. They, because of lagging sales, they canceled it in 2003, but then due to like Facebook surge movement, they brought it back <laughs> September 15th, 2014 via Amazon.
1: Oh my God. That's amazing. And then it
2: eventually got re-released to stores, uh, in the Southeast, Northeast parts of the Midwest and the mountain States of America in uh, sometime September, 2015. So it's been back two years. Almost two years in September,
1: huh? Facebook movement, wow.
2: Yeah, that's what it says. (laughs) Speaking
1: of your interesting bit of news.
0: Be calm. Uh, How's Mario Kart
1: Eight? So yeah, I talked about how I was playing a little bit of that, and then but it's been interesting in the news. um, Mario Mario Kart Eight has been selling extremely well. Uh, it hasn't sold as well as Zelda, but it like I read that it had like a basically an over fifty percent attach rate, which is well. It's still the only ridiculous.
2: other game to play on the Switch, right? <laughs> I mean, it's the
1: only other like major <laughs> game. Yes, I agree. But I it's mean, it has like a ninety-two on Metacritic. Three meta- years meta- old. I know it's three years old. That's the weirdest thing about this to me. Is so there's like a there's a like a market an equity analyst who stated that the Mario Kart eight deluxe sales are not indicative of just like a hit but like a mega hit that is going to keep selling and selling Uh, which is so weird to me because the game was already out on Wii U in its entirety so you would think that it wouldn't be a mega hit on the new console but I guess it's like a mixture of people have nothing else to play on the Switch and also people did not buy the Wii U so now that they have a Switch they want to buy the Mario Kart game that they missed out on Makes and sense. that's that's why I, th- I feel like Nintendo should walk away with this saying, hey, we should re-release a bunch of those like really great games from the Wii U that never saw the light of day on our Switch. And I hope they're planning to do that because I think they will have some more hits on their hands that just people who never wanted to buy a Wii U will play now on the Switch. Um, but yeah. Uh, Last piece of news uh, this week, we've got On the Heels of Bayonetta being released, uh, Platinum's Vanquish is also going to be released on Steam on May 25th. Uh, And that's like the Platinum game where you're like a dude who slides around everywhere and shoots stuff, and it's cool, and it's fun.
2: What do you do? I slide and shoot. I slide and shoot. That's all I do.
1: So yeah, you can look forward to that. Uh, let's get into like quick entertainment news section so uh, the Witcher series of novels which have obviously already been adapted into three extremely good video games is being adapted into a Netflix live TV series live action TV series Uh, so I think that makes a ton of sense there is like there are so many like things about this that makes like it's totally like Game of Thrones when you think about it uh, except, like, more focused on, like, one protagonist's, like, journeys, but, like, there's, you've got, like, a ton of hot chicks, you got, like, Geralt fighting monsters and stuff. That'll be interesting to see how they do that. Like, how is it, like, do they have the budget for, like, the CGI, like, eagles uh, yeah. and, like, griffins and, like, other crap that he fights?
2: that would be a big deal.
1: <laughs> and, like, just Geralt's makeup, like, his eyes and stuff, like, are they are they gonna go with, like, the cat eye, like, context and stuff is like is it gonna look good. But who cares about all that? We just wanna wanna know who they're casting as like Jennifer and Triss. That's all we wanna know. <laughs> Cause they need to be super hot.
2: <laughs> oh wow. Uh, but, but anyways I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Two and it's freaking awesome and all I have to say about it is I'm Mary Poppins, y'all
1: I saw that tweet that you retweeted with Michael Rooker standing next to a Mary Poppins. Yes. And I was like, Yes, that's so good.
2: It it is that scene is hilarious and that line is my favorite line from the movie. And it just sold it for me. And he was originally a character I didn't care about at all. But in the in the Guardians of the Galaxy Two, he's he suddenly became one of my favorite characters out of nowhere. Yeah. It was amazing.
1: He he, definitely. I feel like stole every scene he was in in this movie, especially some of the interactions between him and Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, uh, with some parallels between them that I thought like really came across well. Yeah, I I saw this movie too, and I just felt like emotionally, like it was just it was just so well paced and so well written. Uh, which a lot of superhero movies, <clears throat> DC, are never well written or well paced emotionally. Your
2: mother's name is Mary well, Martha. Mary. Martha. <laughs> also, also like, I I was in the middle of the theater and I st- distinctively remember just like looking around just to see if anybody else like is just like, why did they think this was convincing? But anyways. <laughs> but, yeah, like you said, this uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 does a very good thing of being uh, emotional and actually getting to you. And, like, I actually really felt that, and it's really hard for movies to get to me. I am an emotional person, but I'm very under control of my emotions. But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, if they go another step or two farther, I might actually have to shed a tear.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially towards the end of that movie. Yeah, yeah, they did a great job with that i like, very mm-hmm. excited for more of Guardians of the Galaxy in the future, hopefully. So, Yep.
2: Yeah. All right. You guys want to talk about the main topic? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have a question before we start, though. Who wrote this essay? Uh,
0: so, that would be oh, BCom because I don't write.
1: So part of this <laughs> was me. And actually, a lot of this uh, discussion about cheat codes is pulled from an article for Vice, Vice's Waypoint website. Uh, that was written in December 2016 by David L. Craddock, uh, titled, How Cheat Codes Vanished from Video Games. He, uh, I, I'm going to, like, liberally paraphrase from him, because um, I thought this history of, like, cheat codes and how they became such a huge thing and now how they've, like, sort of vanished off the face of the earth was really interesting.
2: No, it's, it is it is really cool. I enjoyed actually reading what you wrote and then rereading his article or whatever. But I have my own theory. Yeah, I don't think cheat codes actually disappeared i believe they more or less evolved into what we re- refer to as mods i definitely think that's
1: part of part of it
2: which which is what do mods do the same thing that cheat codes do In a they lot just of got sense. a new name and a way of implementing them
1: yeah that's definitely true like you can totally change the your game with a mod. and like some some of the oldest cheat codes were just like to change the way your game played, like or just look at like golden eyes like unlockable cheats. like they changed the game. like they just modded the game they they gave mm-hmm. you big head mode or like tiny bond mode.
2: Um, yeah, I just believe they've been renamed. That's how I see it.
1: But, yeah, so in the past, uh, view game cheat codes were typically used as, like, a back door for developers of the games. So they could access parts of the game that they were making more easily when they were testing it. So, you know, you would enter in a cheat code in level 1, and then you could go run through level 8 to make sure it's working with, like, the latest build you're, you're putting together. But, um, yeah, these codes occasionally got left in towards the end of the development cycle. Either devs figured that they would never be discovered, or they just felt like they didn't have enough time to take them out as they were rushing to complete the game. Uh, and so, like initially, like people would stumble across these codes and be like, "Oh my god, look at this cool thing!" Or um, you know, the developers would later leak that they were there, uh, and it became. An interesting marketing tactic eventually. Um, but yeah, like one of the most famous early cheat codes was the Konami code. And yeah, Craddock's article goes into this, like saying that while converting Konami's arcade shoot 'em up Gradius to the NES in 1986. Oh, uh, yeah,
2: birth year. <laughs>
1: me too. Uh, programmer uh, Kazuhisa Hashimoto found the game too difficult. And so he programmed a cheat to give himself power-ups, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start at the main menu. Uh, Hashimoto's cheat remained in the final version of the game and got a buzz going among players and magazines that discovered it. Uh, When Konami learned of the code's growing popularity, their programmers baked it into other games, offering different effects, most famously giving you 30 lives in Contra, depending on the game. Uh, So, yeah, sometimes cheat codes were used to escape censorship of games, like the Sega Genesis version of Mortal Kombat, which contained the blood code to add back in gore that was missing from that version. I
2: remember a buddy playing that and actually using that code.
1: Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, everybody was like, oh, dude, I got the gore cheat, man. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) And this was
2: during also when that game was out. This was when, like, the Internet wasn't. Really, I don't think it was a thing yet. I don't think dial up is really a thing yet, mm-hmm. and so, like having it was just is either word of mouth or they had a subscription to some magazine, some gaming magazine
1: exactly, so like cheat codes began to be published in gaming magazines and yeah so they caught on very slowly because they didn't have an internet discussion raging all the time so like yeah you could like blow your friend's mind if like you went over to his house and I specifically have this memory of going over to a friend's house and playing Doom and them showing me how to like open up the god mode in Doom and I was like what? (laughs) You you can unlock all guns and invincibility in Doom and then just mess around that's amazing So, yeah, and so, yeah, like, one reason that cheat codes were so valuable was because retro console and PC games were often much more difficult than modern games are, too. So, cheat codes, like, getting 30 lives in Contra made the game, like, actually beatable for players who couldn't beat the release version.
2: Or, yeah, just average people or whatnot.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, cheat codes made it possible for players to see more of the game that they just couldn't beat without those codes, And so developers started giving the cheat codes to game reviewers as well with the added stipulation that like, just don't publish these codes in your magazine until a few issues after your review issue. And so, you know, magazines like would review the game and they would use like the cheat codes if they needed to to beat the game uh, and find out like all the secrets and stuff. And then a couple issues later, they'd say, hey, by the way, we've got this cool new cheat code for Contra or for whatever game. So, yeah, yeah, it's
2: almost it's almost a really nice way to uh, suddenly stir up more interest into a uh, to a game. It's oh, been yeah. out for a while, and meanwhile, just maybe a couple of weeks, and people are like, and eh, they're slowly getting off of it, and they're like, oh, here's this cheat code, and they're like, oh, I must go play again. So it's it's a marketing strategy, really.
1: Definitely,
0: definitely.
2: So uh, what began to change everything was.
1: First, there were some cartridge-based games that eventually had hardware cheats, like with things like the Game Genie or Game Shark, which were, you know, third-party I- products that you would insert between your system and your cartridge. Uh, and the way that they would basically work is that you would. You know, you would turn the system on, you would turn the Game Genie on and you would enter in like a code or the codes that you wanted to use on the specific game. And then when the game was running, it would substitute certain memory values to the game as necessary uh, based on the cheats that you wanted to use. So like it would rewrite the memory of the game as you were playing it so you like wouldn't take any damage or something. So that would be like invincibility mode or, you know, other cheats like that.
2: Oh, I didn't know that's how they work. That's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, apparently a couple guys who made the Game Genie basically just, like, backwards, like, hacked, like, games until they found out what memory values needed to be changed for certain effects to happen. Uh, Yeah,
2: you keep talking about the Game Genie, but I was more familiar with the Game Shark.
1: Yeah, me too. I never had a Game Genie. I had a Game Shark. Um, Actually, my friend had a Game Shark. I never had one for (laughs) N64 and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, it was just so much fun to use that. Um, but yeah, when the CD-ROM era hit, these cartridge-based cheat systems largely became obsolete because you couldn't do it. Um, so, and then eventually, uh, the internet just killed everything. Because with the advent of internet gaming sites and forums and just like online cheat websites, cheats began to be posted online before they ever reached a magazine. Uh, so, and, yeah, the types of cheats that people were interested in shifted from ones like God Mode or Infinite Items to cheats like those in GoldenEye, like we were talking about, where you'd have cosmetic effects or, you know, things that made, like, tiny changes to the difficulty of the game. Uh, and then I think the real death knell for cheat codes was achievements. Uh, because people started this uh, with the like xbox achievements and psn trophies the rage over that people became very prideful about achievements and like you would prove how good of a gamer were you were by like your achievement score or your trophies instead of like oh i can like unlock god mode and that makes me cool it's like no i actually worked hard for this achievement and that's what makes me a good gamer. So of course people didn't want people cheating their way to get those achievements so cheat codes became like very much looked down upon in yeah, favor of like, the like get I said, good monster. Yeah.
2: And like I said earlier, I don't think cheat codes have gone away. They they were not they were not killed. They are still alive. They're just been renamed and even when you do use a uh mod, it's it will not affect your gamer score or your achievements like you just said yeah so you can still use them but they won't affect your uh, achievements so like like I said they're still here they're just called something different
1: basically yeah
2: they didn't actually die off it actually looked like for a bit like you said when they went to do uh, CDs uh, it did look like they probably dropped off but then I think that was probably their down point and then now they come back. It's like you can, cause uh, I know Microsoft's doing a pretty good job about uh, now you can do mods with like Skyrim and fallout four mm-hmm. and just have do crazy things. And you don't earn any of those achievements if you do, if you are using a mod, they yeah. know obviously, but
1: that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So in that, in that sense, like, you know, quote unquote cheating and achievements can live in the same space. Yeah but uh yeah i mean it would be if you had like invincibility cheats on and you were beating dark souls everybody would be like oh, who cares yeah <laughs> you know. would
2: get all the achievements uh, so
1: yeah clearly that's not the point of dark souls it's, you're supposed to like suffer through it and get stronger um but yeah i figured we would list off uh some of our favorite cheat codes from the past uh, I'll and start. you're the
2: only one with a list, apparently.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the big list. I was thinking about this, trying to remember some of the ones Because you're the big
2: cheater, often. and apparently Savage and I are not. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: especially in some specific types of games. But, uh, yeah, I mentioned, like, so, like, IDKFA and IDDQD were the big cheats in Doom for unlocking all weapons, full health, armor, and keys, and... I do ability. remember a
2: buddy who had a PC. I did not have a PC at the time. And him, I remember watching him play this game and use that code.
1: Oh yeah, because you could get the BFG, you know, nine thousand that way, and you can just go through slaughtering everything. It was so much <laughs> fun. Or you could just test out all the guns. It was just, it was just super fun to do that. Uh, it was kind of, it's like you can think of it as like a new game plus where you just keep all your weapons or something. Even it's kind of like that. Um, uh, also, Age of Empires 2 had some really fun cheats uh like if you want to get like food gold rock or stone you could type in cheesesteak jimmies robin hood rock on or lumberjack uh but one of my favorite cheats from age of 2 was a cheat called how do you turn this on which spawned like a cobra like a car that just had like a machine gun on the front of it and just would wreck shit (laughs) it was so good the Mustang Cobra, yeah, like a Cobra <laughs> Mustang with oh, okay. a machine gun that would just fire at like these medieval troops that you were battling, like with like you know who had like horses and like bows and arrows, and you had like a machine gun, <laughs> and you could spawn like a huge army of these cars, and they made the stupidest like sound effects. It was so good. Uh, <laughs> so
2: you are bringing a machine gun to a medieval fight. I wonder <laughs> who's gonna win.
1: <laughs> exactly. It was just fun to see that play out. Sometimes when you got a little frustrated with the game. Uh, and then some of the sim games like sim city uh, 2000 uh, I remember typing in like I'm a cheat to get $500,000 and you know typing that in over and over the the game the original sims had rosebud that you would type in for like a thousand simoleon dollars or whatever uh, and then the thing with sims is like you could add like a semicolon and an exclamation point after any cheat to like have it repeat and iterate on itself So you could just, like, enter that in a bunch of times and get, like, 50,000 simoleons, whatever. Um, Another, like, really useful cheat was for Guitar Hero, where you could just unlock all the songs in the game by pressing, like, the yellow, orange, blue, blue, orange, yellow, uh, and yellow again, I think, at the
2: main menu. And that was nice if
1: you were having people over to, like, for, like, a party or something, which would be really good.
2: I played that, and I never even knew there was a code for that.
1: Yeah. It's that's that's a really nice one to know to just unlock everything for the well, original guitar. Hero. Are there
2: any more for the uh, other Guitar Heroes? Because they're like what at eighteen now, I think. <laughs>
1: I don't know if they kept that code in with the later versions of it, or they were more caring about like people like paying money to download songs or stuff. I don't know. Hmm. It's a good question.
0: Yeah. See, for me, it was a lot of the cheat codes I would use on games would be well, almost entirely on PlayStation, but it was a lot of like, you know, I just want stuff to be completely unlocked. I don't want to like buff my player, have like extra speed in a racing game or anything like that. I just want to have the options of like, okay, I can race any car. I can do anything just from the beginning of the game and just kind of go through it that way. So that's that's, like, all I did, and then I used, like, in some of the old arcade-style, like, sports games, just unlimited money. So, like, you could just trade and get all your favorite players on, like, your baseball team or... Oh, yeah. Whatever like that. So, uh, the things like that, or, like, the one I remember the most is uh, on Triple Play Baseball. If you do, like, I think I've mentioned this before, like, left, right, left, right, just repeatedly till it, like, makes a sound. It unlocks Mm -hmm. just this ridiculous team and you, like, get a pitcher that throws 152 miles an hour. (laughs) That's good stuff. (laughs) So, like, you're obviously, and there was no online, so you would only use that if, like, you're sitting next to your brother or something and you're like, hey, you just want to, like, be, like, awful at this game? Here, let's make it really hard on ourselves. So. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other cheat
1: codes I use. Leo, did you did you really never use cheat codes growing I, up?
2: I have no memory of using cheat codes. Uh, maybe, maybe Goldeneye. I remember knowing about uh, the Big Head mode, but that that was it. Uh, did Starcraft have cheat codes? It definitely did. Yes. Uh, hold on. I played a lot of that, but I don't. I don't remember using it. It just. I I've just never cared for cheat codes and even now when I do mods like I try one out I don't think I've played any of them for more than like 10 minutes
1: yeah Starcraft had the cheat code like show me the money which gave you 10,000 minerals and gas
0: uh,
2: I may have done it for like fun did you go to cheatcc.com <laughs> like at the time Game I facts. couldn't even play online so I was Aww. just playing AI I used to and use cheatcc yeah cheatcc was just, I
0: think <laughs> the prime
2: website so <laughs> yeah, and I was just using it for, like, just to goof around. But beyond that, I don't remember using cheat codes. I I don't know. I get really discouraged when I play a game, and then suddenly it's easy.
1: Uh, one of the StarCraft cheat codes is really funny because it's called There Is No Cow Level. Uh, and it gives you an instant win in any match. And it's a reference to Diablo, I was going to say
2: aren't you talking about Diablo but yeah yeah exactly there
1: was that (laughs) meme that there was like this secret cow level in Diablo and Blizzard was all sneaky about it and then when they released Starcraft they had this cheat code in it that was there is no cow level so that was their way of telling the fans like okay you can stop looking for the damn cow level now (laughs) See like cheat codes used to be such a huge part of gaming culture and it's I feel like we've lost that a little bit but
0: Yeah, see like I don't want cheats to make games easy. I want cheats We to haven't lost it. Sp-
2: they're just called mods now. I'm just <laughs> trying to tell you guys. Well, there's no mod
1: that gives you like an instant win in a game though or I don't know. I guess well,
2: No, but there are mods in like Skyrim that give you every item you obviously absolutely want or even invincibility if necessary. But yeah, at
0: that true. point they're not for Like, they're not for specifically, or from, I mean, like, the developer themselves. It's it's just somebody doing it for fun. And I want something done by the developer intentionally as, like, a gift to the fans. Like, a, hey, we hid this in the game, here's how you access it. Like, it's just a goofy, like, a goofy side level or something that means nothing to the actual point of the game. But just, like...
2: Yeah, and you are right, that is gone, but... When things evolve, like a cheat code evolves into a mod, you lose certain aspects and you gain new ones. So yeah, yeah, that's what that's uh, really that's why I believe what happened. Yes, in a literal term, the definition for cheat code probably is dead, but it all it did was change into what a mod is now.
1: I'm just I'm looking at the StarCraft cheat codes and there's one that's called Game Over, man. Uh, which is an instant <laughs> loss, and that's also an aliens reference. And now I get it.
2: <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> aliens is so good. Uh, Savage, please tell me you're going to go watch watch some alien movies this week. Right? Um, if I have them, delivery. I was walking through Walmart just just uh, a couple of days ago. They had the first three movies in Blu-ray for like fifteen bucks.
1: Yeah, they're pretty cheap. Yeah. They go on sale. A lot, I'm sure they'll go on sale even more with
0: Alien Covenant coming out,
2: so yeah, yeah, that's probably why it was even out because of that synergy.
0: I I will attempt to watch them by podcast 50. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, god, (laughs) we'll hold you to that. I make no promises. My month of May is incredibly busy.
2: Everybody, make a note, and also when you watch it, I want you to specifically pay attention to the special effects. I will say because
0: when I watch them. Well, it, it will be in 2017. I will watch them and I will live tweet them.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, Leo,
1: can I ask you something about Aliens? Because So when I entered in the Blu-ray disc, it was interesting because there's, there's the theatrical edition of Aliens and then there's mm-hmm. the special edition of Aliens, which is like the director's cut from 1990 that has like 16 minutes of extra footage. Uh, do you have a preference of the two editions, or do you know which one you've
2: watched or I, not watched? I have never really compared them.
1: Um I liked the I watched the extended one, and from what I could figure out from what James Cameron was saying about it is that like there's basically just like some early reels that give you like a little bit more like information and backstory about like what happened on the planet and also about Ripley and like her conversation when she gets back from, like, cryo-sleep. Uh, there's stuff they cut out. I thought it, like, was really good scenes. So I'm kind of glad I watched that version.
2: Yeah, I, I honestly, I recommend both. Watch either one you like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they obviously cut it because, for marketing things, they figured the audience would prefer, you know, like, the faster-paced stuff. And for the most part, like, uh, he... He would like uh, have more story into it, so it wouldn't be f- fast paced enough, and they thought they would lose interest. But if you're one of those people who do really like a big backstory, and, and so I guess that would be more your way. Yeah, that's really. I mean, and I think that goes for just most I- any uh, movie that does that, for the most part.
1: Can I spoil the end of Aliens slightly to tell a story? <laughs> I'll, I'll take uh, off my headphones. Yeah.
2: This is yeah. Uh, Savage is gonna step away for a minute. Uh, Just yeah. pay attention to yeah, the chat. People are going like to listen. Stop. So
1: you know. Okay. So everybody knows. Like even if you haven't seen Aliens, you probably know that like there's this climactic scene where Ripley is in like the power loader unit and fights mm-hmm. an alien. I was like. So I was like five minutes before the end of this movie, and I was like, man, that scene never happened. And, like, they got away. Like, they, they're they flying into orbit. They got away. I can't believe they got away, and there's no power loader scene. Like, when did the scene happen? And, of course, the alien queen was, like, stuck onto the side of the ship. And it surprised the shit out of me. I Like, it totally got me. I was like, what's going on? Where's this power loader scene? And I was like, oh, okay, it's not over Dude,
2: (laughs) it's just like Alien. (laughs) Yeah, it is. She escapes in her ship. Mm -hmm. And she's, like, working at, like, a table or something. And then suddenly the alien is actually part of the wall and it moves and scares the shit out of her before she shoves it out of the airlock. Yeah, it's a total repeat. It is uh, it is a repeat, but it's so damn good. But both of them blindside you, which is just a sign of amazing writing. Yeah, so that's that's
1: it for spoilers. But yeah, and I just want to say like the un- the whole ensemble cast in Aliens is so goddamn good. Like, <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. I love everybody in that cast.
2: Oh, Sigourney Weaver is just a, she's an amazing oh, actress. So is Bill just,
1: Paxton and like the guy Bishop who played the uh the
2: android and Michael Bean Oh, John John, Hicks. he just died too. I can't
1: remember his name. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, and he was in uh, he just played one of the doctors in Doctor Who also. Darn it. Hmm. I'm man and uh oh
1: man. Just I love the the girl who's like one of the grunts too. Who just like has always got like the heavy machine gun. She survives longer than most of the others. And she's fantastic.
2: Oh man. Good movie. Oh. John Barrowman.
1: Oh okay. Yeah I've heard of. No is
2: that him? Yeah John Barrowman. Uh, yeah he was also a doctor in Doctor Who. Which is kind of a big deal. And then he was also in The Aliens. <laughs> uh, let me double check film wait lance henrickson is the
1: guy who played uh bishop
2: oh was it yeah yeah yeah. who is this okay oh, oh also paul reiser
1: a- man i I think about paul reiser from the show like mad about you which i watched growing up and him in this movie is so different from that it was really interesting to see him as like sort of like a low-key villain in this movie
2: oh uh, john hurt is the uh guy in the show
1: dang it Oh, okay, I think, oh yeah, that's who you were thinking of.
2: Yeah, yeah, sorry, I got that wrong.
1: Anyway. Yeah, the guy Al Matthews, who plays Sergeant Apone, he is straight up Sergeant Johnson from Halo, just in every way. You could just look at his picture from Aliens, just Google Sergeant Apone Aliens, Sergeant Johnson right there. So, anyway, anything else for this week? Uh, That's
0: all I got. Well, I guess that wraps it up for this week. Um, Please subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter for podcast updates. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play now as well and leave us a five-star review if you like what you've heard. Thanks and see you guys next week. Peace. Later.